Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 FM in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Presented by the Sporting Tribune, no paywalls. Nothing. Great reading experience. Very clean. Some great writers. Uh, may or may not be Brandon Deutsch included. Um, no, but uh, in all seriousness, covering the best stories in West Coast sports. There's a lot going on in Vegas right now at the Pro Bowl games. A lot of stuff up there in that. And of course, NBA power rankings weekly. Some great basketball analysis using advanced metrics. Fantastic articles, truly, on the site. I am joined. I'm Brandon Deutsch, by the way. You guys are probably wondering who's this talking. It's not Arash Markazi. No, he's not here. It's Brandon Deutsch. I'm here with Grant Mona and Tim Lee. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Um, you know, the Clippers had a, a tough one yesterday, even though they won. I consider a, a small win a tough one, in my opinion, because you should win those games by a lot. But uh, Tim, I, we haven't heard from Tim in a while. Tim, what's going on, man? Yeah, I haven't been on it a little bit. Uh, been listening on the side, obviously. Been watching you guys and listening to you guys kill it. So, you know, I'm just excited to be on again. Legends respect legends. I love to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that, I do not mean myself. I mean Arash Markazi, who truly <laughs> respects you. He told yep. me that. He sent me a text. He's like, I respect the legend Tim Lee right before this show. <laughs> no, um, he didn't say that, but I'm sure he believes it. I'm sure. I'm sure he believes it. Um, <laughs> anyways, he's he's at the Super Bowl doing Radio Row. He's going to be there, and that's what primarily is going to be the show the rest of the week. We're not going to be on. It's going to be just Arash and Jihei in Arizona. I know Nick Hamilton's already there, by the way. Shout out Nick Hamilton. I, just asking questions to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Nick Hamilton, big-time big man right there. Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, he's already there. That'll be Arash and Jihei tomorrow. Um, that's going to be fun, but I wanted to talk some basketball because I know the rest of the week we're going to talk football and we're not going to be on and it's going to be a good game, hopefully. Um, but the Clippers, I know we talked about this in text previous and some conversations, but man, when a guy like Cam Thomas has a night that he had 48 points, it is tough. I don't care that they didn't have Kevin Durant or Spencer Dinwiddie yet. That is tough to beat them when they had that momentum, Nick Claxton dunk, the crossover on George, you know, the Cam Thomas couldn't miss stretch in the fourth, in the, you know, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And then, unlike the Milwaukee game, the Clippers found a way with their ISO ball, Kawhi Leonard, George trading shots. They found a way. They got a win. A win is a win. This this year feels like the NFL. Any given Sunday, right? I mean, any given day, it seems like a team can beat another team. I mean, the Magic are beating the, the crap out of the Celtics half the time. And, you know, no offense. I mean, the Magic are still a year away, but they're only two games back at the play-in tournament. That's how even the NBA is right now. 
Grant, I want to start with you. I know Tim is also a big fan of the Clippers. Uh, I mean, he's a Pacers fan, but a big fan of this roster. Grant, the legend himself, the Clippers, the most knowledgeable Clippers person in the world. What are your thoughts here? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, you shouldn't have wins like that. I mean, a win is a win. I'll take any win at this point. I mean, the, with the parody in the West, it's kind of crazy that any win at this point is, is a win. But, you know, to do it in that fashion, look, there was another fourth quarter collapse. Um, they had another du- double-digit lead that was dwindled down to a negative. I mean, they were down by points in the fourth quarter by, I think, I think seven or eight. Um, but, you know, they pulled through just because of Ivica Zubats, because of Kawhi Leonard. Paul George, his handle has become a, an issue. His turnovers have become an issue. And that's kind of the, the glaring thing right now is that these collapses over the past three games, you know, this game they, they finally won. And, Nick Batum bailed them out. It's not even their their top guys that are bailing them out, I think, is the main thing. It's Nick Batum. It's Avica Zubats. Nick Batum, over the past two games, have, has bailed them out twice. And without them, they, they'd be on a losing streak right now. And I think they should be very grateful for those role players because the top guys were not getting it done up until today. I mean, even Paul George in the fourth quarter wasn't that great today. Um, they finally played Luke Kennard, and he finally got some playing time. I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that because he, he had two DNPs before this. Um, but if you're looking at the Clippers as a whole, they they have some glaring issues. And with the team that, that the Nets had going last night with Sumner and Cam Thomas had, what, 48 points? He had, 47, what, seven, yeah, 47. Yeah, 47 points. And, you know, you look at that Nets roster and you look at the Clippers roster and you're like, okay, that should be a blowout. It wasn't. It wasn't even close. Right to a blowout. It, it could have been a Nets win. So there's a lot of glaring issues still, even though there's back-to-back wins. Um, they got to get things fixed up. And Tim, I know you're, you're on this too. They have some glaring issues that they got to fix before we can call them really contenders. Right. There, there's some depth issues, which is incredible. Cause like we came into this season thinking that the depth issues, that's the one thing that they were not weak in. That we had like the, the, the wing stop lineup that was supposed to be like a lineup of death for them. But like you mentioned before, these closeout situations where we're supposed to feel confident, right? Because we have two right. top 15 players, right. and one of them is le- legitimately known with the reputation of being a clutch player, Kawhi Leonard. And we just can't, like I'm saying we obviously, but like the Clippers just can't close these games out. And you can't even blame it on Holman or Way because their away record is actually pretty good in, yeah. relative, like, in relative to the rest of the league. They're, they're positive away from home, but they're also slightly positive at home as well. There's just no kind of give and go. It's just win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So these trade-offs you had at, at the core, it has to come from the coaching staff. It has to come from rotations. It has to become from consistency and it has to come from like, what is the core issue? Why are these scoring droughts continue to persist? And it, it, at a certain point, it can't be personnel anymore. It just has to be some sort of either understanding what they're trying to do on offense identity wise. And then obviously like, you've alluded to before tightening up and being more consistent with their rotation mm-hmm. so that guys aren't confused when they're going to go in and when they're going to be hot and when they're going to be taken out. Cause like when you're getting a leash, that's so short, all of a sudden you don't know when you're going to be playing again, right? Reggie Jackson is a great candidate for that. He was like playing 35 minutes and all of a sudden now he's a relegate to the bench. I'm not saying not deservingly. So he hasn't been playing well, but then you guys got like Robert Covington. I know you guys are big on Rocco who doesn't play games at all. And then when he does does play, he's like a plus 10 guy. He plays like seven minutes and he gets like six rebounds. And you're like, isn't that kind of what you want this guy to be? You got Terrence Mann, who's obviously a great defender. He doesn't shoot that great, but like he's a great driver. You got Powell, who like legitimately attacks every single time he goes onto the court. 
at a certain point you got to address these guys it's like you know what their identity are you know what they do well you just gotta let them play basketball yeah i mean tim tim you hit it right on the point like they have the personnel to do it but they're just not putting it together and like you said it's it's sometimes on the coaching staff but also it's sometimes on the players as well like you have two stars these guys gotta show up in the fourth quarter in right. these games that you gotta win this is a win now team mm-hmm. this is a and i'm not talking about like championship like in june i'm talking about like right now in february <laughs> you gotta win games to keep up to tread water and you know they haven't showed up the last two games they finally showed up this you know this last game against the nets but you know they their offense down the stretch is not good they, their fourth quarters aren't good offensively um, defensively, they get lackadaisical. Mm-hmm. They definitely need to look in the trade market for a point guard, and it doesn't even have to be a top guy. It just has to be a guy that has the ball in his hands and can command an offense. It doesn't have to be one of these top guys that cost you a couple first-round picks and Terrence Mann and Kennard. You can get a regular guy that can just say, and we thought it was going to be John Wall. We thought it was going to be Reggie Jackson. Right. But obviously, that hasn't worked out at this point. They're, they're even looking to buy out John Wall, even when he's healthy. So. There's glaring issues, and and I just think that they need to get it together right now if they're going to make a run. And and by the way, you guys both bring up fantastic points. Creators on the market, a second big man, right? Zoo has been fantastic recently, but if you get into a a series against Denver, right, you're going to need a backup big. Mm-hmm. You get in the series against guys that have dominant bigs, it, you are going to need. I mean, Diabate, maybe he turns into the second coming of Jesus in the second half of the season. I don't know, but chances are he doesn't. Like, there's a right, they're not going to play him. He's going to be in the G League. So, what do you do? You put Rocco at the four, the five, you put that's ideal. Put at the four. That would I mean, be ideal. I mean, he's your best, but he's not playing him even. That's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That thing. Marcus Morris got ejected tonight, and they still didn't play Robert Covington. I just, it's baffling. These rotations are baffling. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they're not only. No, but. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, the teams that they're looking at to be contenders, I mean, like, Memphis is a good example. I know a lot of people clown on them, but they have guys that can, like, legitimately play backup and also be a starter caliber player. Like, they, they develop guys like Brandon Clark, right? Like, or like Zaire Williams. And the Clippers, they have those kind of athletes, but they don't have the same level of talent. You could, you could put it on paper and be like, well, you know, they have guys like Moses Brown, who obviously can rebound well, but Moses Brown doesn't do anything. He's a well, he's he a rim runner who can't defend. Far, exactly, right? yeah, he's a I rim mean, runner uh, who can't uh, defend, and like, and he doesn't pass like Sengu. <laughs> so you can't have him out there. Exactly. Know? So like, I don't. There's a, there's a, a dearth of like options, and that's what they're looking for. But the number one thing you guys mentioned and nailed it on the head is a secondary creator, either on the bench, or they stagger their two stars. Mm, that's true. They could. Mm. That, that, you see, so, the thing, the thing with the thing with the Clippers right now, what they're trying to do is they're trying to make Paul George a point guard, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 kind of chalking up all of his turnovers to that because he's never been a point guard. He's been a small forward. He's been a shooting guard. Right. He's never had this role of being a a player. I mean, he did in the Western in that Western Conference Finals run. I mean, he was playing point guard half the time. No, nah, Reg, Reggie Jackson was still the point guard for that team. I mean, they, they still had. I him don't know. I mean, Paul George is bringing it up like half well, the time. Well, I'll and, say Paul George had the ball a lot, but I'm not going to say yeah. That he played well, yeah. Point guard. But now he's playing point guard as like a facilitator. Yeah. That's not what he does. You can't right. put that on him, and you or, can't have Reggie Jackson out there at the no. games so the way he's playing. Right, so you're kind of screwed. Right. Yeah. Well, their their point guard by paper is Terrence Mann, but like yeah. their best guy with court vision is Kawhi Leonard. 
And yeah. Paul George is only a point guard by initials alone. So, like, there's no reason to put him out there as that de facto guy. Yeah, I mean, I, there's just we see what happens when there's a lot of usage percentage on uh, or a lot of usage given to Paul George. It, first of all, the shots he has to take are awful shots, and somehow he makes half of them, right? But right. we saw this without Kawhi. I mean, obviously, Kawhi being there helps with the Clippers because now there's some pressure alleviated off both of them when they're mm-hmm. both on the court. But last year he got hurt because they were relying on him so much. And I just watched this team play and they're relying so much on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And it's like, yeah, like get Norman Powell into a rhythm, make him a 22 point per game score. But she has to make, I know what he has been, but then who's right. the fourth guy? Who are you going to make the Terrence Mann? I mean, he had five early points. And he just didn't score the rest of the game besides a couple more baskets. Right. I I just don't think you need a a fourth guy. Like, two should be enough, but now you have three. Like, Norman Powell has been outplaying Paul George. Like, he's actually been better than Paul George efficiency-wise and attacking-wise and turnover-wise as well. So there's, like, three things he has on him. I just, it seems like as soon as PG got called an all-star, he's been really bad. I don't know what. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what happened, but it, it, Norman Powell is literally the second best player. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and also Marcus Morris. Is he unplayable at the end no. of games? Yeah. I mean, like, right? I, I he mean, I, sometimes defense. he looks like, I mean, he'll take that wild contested 28-foot or 22-foot two, right, towards the, the three-point. I, I, and he'll make it, but like, I, don't you need another guy? Like, there's so much. And look, OJ and Anobi, they can't attain a guy like that. It's going to be worth three first round picks. Maybe a Fred Van Fleet, although they can that's definitely get be a hard. Fred Van Fleet. They can get a Fred Van Fleet. Yeah, what but, about? But, but Tim, but Tim, do you really want to give up Terrence Mann and Kennard and picks for him? I wouldn't do that. I mean, Terrence Mann is essential to this team. I okay. So when I look at it from the perspective of what they want to do now, it makes a lot of sense for them to do that. Terrence Mann, I don't know what we're expecting from Terrence Mann to continue to do. I mean, I, obviously, he's never had a role to really let him shine. He was a starter last year and then the year before that for like a portion of it, like 20 so odd games. So we got to see a sample size of what it looks like for Terrence Mann to be a starter. And he was about like 15 and 8, 15 and 9, which are really good counting stats. But he also so, played like 42 minutes a game. So I just true. don't know what we're trying to get from so this let guy. Me- yeah. Let me let me ask you this. Do you send a future pick and maybe Marcus Morris for contractual, you know, matching yes. contracts to the Hornets for Rogier. a Terry Rozier or a Mason and or Mason Plumber? Honestly, I love Rozier. I think Rozier is a great fit. I personally think Rozier. Maybe on the hey, no one else can be efficient from the field on the Clippers, right? So I mean, I guess <laughs> someone has someone else, yeah, inefficient, yeah. high usage player. I mean, Rogier, he's been playing very well recently, but I know still you one don't like more... him. I know you don't like well, him. Well, he's inefficient, right? 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 Not true. Not just true shooting okay. percentage. Just points. His points let, per let 100 me... shot attempts is like in the 22nd percentile in the I think NBA. That's, I think that's more Charlotte than it is Rogier. Yeah, yes. Right. Yes. I agree. I agree. And Rogier would be a great on a team like the Lakers I or agree. the Clippers with, with secondary options. Now let's let's switch gears because we have about a little over six minutes here. We've been talking all Clippers, and yes, could they get a guy like Rogier Plumley, backup center guy like that who's had a career year, maybe a Jacob Pertle from uh, San Antonio, although that price may be a little too yeah, yeah, fast might be a little them. expensive. Yeah, I mean, he's been having a great year as well. Yeah. Maybe an expiring contract for a center. But anyways, that's beside the point. The Lakers, 
missed out on Kyrie Irving. I know Grant and I talked about this yesterday. Okay. Um, and we, I, I think it's kind of a blessing in disguise. I, I was adamant about saying that I actually agree with, um, you know, Rob Palenka doing everything he could. Joe Sy was never going to accept Lakers offer. Um, and I was honestly mad that Palenka was even thinking about Christie Reeves and two firsts in Westbrook for a guy that volatile off of the court. We know what he can do on the court. We know how brilliant and what a superstar Kyrie Irving is offensively on the court, but nope, not a committed player, not a fantastic teammate um, proven in the past. I think they dodged a bullet. Um, Tim, I want to know your thoughts there and then who they could possibly add as a plan B option. Cause I think Gary Trent jr. Is the perfect guy you send a pick um, and maybe Lonnie Walker and I don't know anything to make the contracts match for Gary Trent Jr. who has an option to um, opt out of his deal in the offseason, right? That's a guy I'm thinking of, but I want to hear your thoughts there. And I know right. I mean, obviously well. disappointing to not get like an exemplary player. Kyrie has already shown that he's like one of the best point guards on the planet. But if the alternative is Gary Trent Jr., that's much better honestly gary trent jr is like very young he's got so much talent and he legitimately bets on himself like every year so i, I want a guy who wants to play basketball not a guy who wants to promote an album right like i just don't want a guy who's like promoting some sort of weird agenda who's obviously like a terrible locker room guy and has ousted and basically blackmailed three teams in the last like four years so anything to get me away from that kind of level of just insanity is the best case the lakers have yeah. drama as is they don't need to add an additional catechism well and you saw Rui is already a great fit with the team that was a good trade by palenka um you know i know maybe the cap hold situation in the offseason if they want to resign him is certainly a problem they're going to have to let him walk if they want to go after a big free agent right um otherwise they're just going to have the non-taxpayer level exception and and a couple other minimum signings so if you want to give that 18 million cap hold to Rui and then sign him to an extension. What I will say here is Gary Trent Jr. is the perfect fit on the Lakers. What do they lack? They have LeBron James. They have Anthony Davis, two very talented players that are going nutso right now. Schroeder has been great mm -hmm. for them. Lonnie Walker's hit or miss, but most of the time he's very good. Um, what do they lack? A lockdown perimeter defender. Gary Trent entered the league. Gary Trent entered the league. Not a great defender. Toronto's developed him into one of the premier on-ball defenders on the perimeter, and he's 20 points per game and is a perfect 3-and-D guy alongside LeBron James. So I would give up a first round for sure for Gary, a first-round pick. And, I mean, I would give up maybe one of the I – mean, maybe not because he's on an expiring, but definitely Lonnie Walker as well in that trade. Tim, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, 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 well. I mean, I love Gary Trent Jr. If they could actually get him to re-sign or something like that. I mean, I know Toronto, it would be odd if Toronto would give him up just because he's on expiring because it feels like it feels like Toronto, if they're going to try to rebuild for next year or even the year after that, wouldn't Trent still be a part of their future plans? I, I don't know if that's a red, red Them and Barnes, I would think those are the two. Right? I would think I really so, right? Because he's only like 24. Well, because if you're going to get three picks for OG from the Knicks, I mean, I'm sending him to the Knicks right away. As good as OG is, right? Uh, but OG's you know, like 26 now, 27. So like you kind of yeah, and he's great and he's fantastic. But I mean, you're going to get three picks for a guy. You're paying. Yeah, he, you're going to have to pay a ton of money. Grant, go ahead. This is what I was. What do you, What do you guys think the price is for? Like, do you think the Lakers can can get him? Like, really? Like, really get him? I mean, Trent. I mean, they're obviously Trent. There's. 
They're yeah, trends, trends, not OG. Yeah. They obviously I don't, don't, I don't have know pieces. either. I honestly don't know. I don't know, but it's been reported that the Raptors are listening to just one pick. Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised about that because I mean, before, like Gary Trent Jr. is worth more than that. He's and if excellent. That's all they're asking for. The Lakers yeah. should be all over that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they should have. And I'm that. sure they are. I mean, I heard reports today that Palink has been in serious talks with the Raptors the past couple of past from reliable sources. Like now, will he act on that? I don't know. The Jazz are another option, and we can talk about this in the next segment. We have a minute left, Grant. Last thing. Well, I just want to say the main issue that I have that maybe we'll talk about in the second segment is the coaching. It's not the front office. It's Darvin Ham's lineups. And that's what I want to say, because you can put he was benching Rui Hachimura down the stretch Mm. and he had a three Pelicans game. Yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. Lineup like that's the main issue that I think we like, because if he had a good rotations, maybe the team would be a little bit better. Absolutely. And by the way, I know we'll talk more about the Lakers and the Clippers when we come back. But Patrick Beverly's been playing great recently. You can't trade him. I hate to say, yeah, who's going to lock up opposing guards? I mean, you got to keep him on the team at this point. And he's 42% from three over the past month and a half. All right, let's leave it there. When we come back, we'll be joined by us uh, on the Mightier 1090, the Ross Marcosi show. Uh, 95, uh, nine, uh, yeah, on the Rosh Markazi show. We'll, we, we will be back. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Also presented by Circa Sports, Circa Millions, Circa Survivors, the best place for your sports. I know Arash has been there. Grant, you've been there too, haven't you? You've been to Circus oh, yeah. Sports, huh? Yeah. How is it? Circus Sports is a beautiful facility. Man. I know, they got it's like awesome. a thousand it's TVs. Probably, it's probably the best way to watch a game. Great atmosphere, two floors, great it's the, it's the pool place, right? Yeah, that's stadium swim. That's outside, but even inside is awesome. They have stadium seating and everything. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, let's go out to the Sport and Tribune guest hotline ourselves. As You can't get rid of us. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. Um, well, we were just talking about the Lakers and Clippers, Grant and, and Tim. Gary Trent Jr. is a name, but I wanted to talk about the Jazz deal because I know Rob's been on the phone with the Jazz. The Jazz are in an odd position sitting at um, you know, a game under 500, 9 or 10 seed. Did they fall to the 11th? I mean, I know they just lost no, Dallas. Dallas, by the way. Josh Green, Jaden, Jaden Hardy went off. Yep. Yeah. Jeez, man. I mean, you can see why Jordan, they didn't want to get rid of him. You can see why they didn't want to get rid of him. 
I mean, that guy's a, that guy's a dog. That's good. Guys like Cam Thomas. He's a, he's a buck getter. Um, and Josh Green, by the way, also knocked down. Who knew, man? Who, Who knew? knew? He was very, Who very, knew? he was very raw when he came into the league. He couldn't yeah. shoot to save his life. And all of a sudden, yeah. man. Pretty I want to know who their shoot. Yeah, but get their shooting coach with, with Chris <laughs> Gent on the Lakers. I mean, Chris Gent's done a good job, but let's get them both on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know, lethal shooter too. Maybe get Anthony Davis shooting 37% instead of 29 still. Although he looked good against the Pelicans, by the way. Look, you right, made DFS back. into a shooter. I mean, that's that's a miracle and a half already. That is a miracle and a half. DFS now, not on Dallas though anymore. Right. Um <laughs> Good for him. I think that that's going to be a tough him. team, by the way. And we'll get into that too. Mm-hmm. Jazz deal. Malik Beasley, they could move on for from Fend of the Lakers. Jared Vanderbilt, I've even heard maybe if you add in a per a pick, a protected or unprotected pick, maybe get Jared Vanderbilt, who fits the mold, the elite perimeter defender the Lakers need, switchable positional versatility. versatility. You're not going to get Jordan Clarks into that deal, but maybe a. Malik Beasley, um, I, I don't think you need Mike Conley, uh, but Malik Beasley's a, th- a, a three-point shooter. Yeah, sure, he lacks the D part of the three and D a lot of times, but he's a good guy to have around LeBron James. What, is that a good consolation prize for you guys? Do you think the Lakers, how how much do they improve if they get, let's say, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt in a Jazz deal? Well, the thing I wanted to say is that there was a report, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that there is a Western Conference team that has already offered for Jared Vanderbilt, and it's two second-round picks. Okay. So I'm assuming it's either the Clippers or the Lakers, but I don't know why the Clippers would want them because they have a plethora of second-round picks. <laughs> and zero first-round picks. <laughs> yeah, but the Lakers, I think that would make perfect sense. If that's all he's worth, then heck yeah, go get him. Yeah. Especially, and like you said, the, the three without the D for Malik Beasley pause. Um. You don't need a guy that's three and D. You just need a guy that's three. You like you just need to shoot. Hey, you, have, you have plenty of defense, right? Only issue is Larsa's going to be in town, right? Doesn't she live in L.A.? In well, LA, he may get a little distracted. He, may, he might pull up Kyle Kuzma on all of us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> turn into, turn into da- Danny Green, circa 2020. Who knew what Danny Green was on that season? But man, couldn't hit couldn't hit eight, uh, water if he fell out of a boat and all of a sudden was fantastic for the Sixers before he got hurt. That's um, I mean. uh, either way. Those would be great additions. I mean, if that's the price, and by the way, the Gary Trent Jr. price, that cannot be the actual that's reported what I'm saying. price. That's what was no, yeah, pick. there's no way. There's no way. For a 24-year-old up-and-coming guy who's averaging already 20 points per game in the NBA efficiently, most efficient score on the Raptors, by the way, mm-hmm. and 1.7 steals per game in elite perimeter <laughs> defense. There is no, that guy's a perfect fit anywhere. There's no way it's only one protected pick <laughs> for him. I wanted to. I wanted to ask Tim. Tim, you're you're pretty much a realist, just like I am. <laughs> what is like? Wh- where do you think? The, who do you think the Lakers have at the end of the trade deadline? Like, what is their like real? We keep throwing out names, but like, yeah, Eric yeah. Gordon. <laughs> I think. I think realistically, they could probably learn. Like, they could probably land like Furkan Korkmaz. I think Korkmaz yeah. might be the three guy that they might want. If Vanderbilt is attainable for two second rounders, that's a hundred percent reasonable. The crazy part about that is that Vanderbilt is not some like unpolished, like past their prime right. as far as their post prospects. He's an incredibly young, very, very like raw technically offensively, but very polished defensive player and was legitimately one of the reasons why Utah made that deal because they wanted Jared Vanderbilt. So if he's actually on the market, which would seem like very confusing for me, 
why they made that deal in the first place. I guess yeah. it's because like Walker Kessler ended up being as good as he was. Right. So that may have made it so that they didn't need two big time defensive players because when can both of them be starting in a rotation? Because then the offensive areas of the team would just be like incredibly lacking. But if that deal is 100% reasonable, those two players legitimately can change a lot of the culture Did, for this team. I wouldn't say Korkmaz being the biggest impact, but they do need a three-point shooter. By the way, maybe the Jet, perhaps, now I'm not saying this is the reason why, the Jazz may have, if they want two second rounders, a guy that they think is going to fall in the second round that can become their stopper. It's um, possible. At the NBA, like a Herb Jones. He was picked in the second round, right? Herb Jones. Um, even Mikel, as elite as he was defensively in college, dropped the 14th overall, right? Mm -hmm. The Suns. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's certainly, or maybe Ochai Baji pulls something out of, uh, of his cap and becomes an elite defender, um, you know, and becomes that guy. I don't know. I mean, maybe he has that in him. I know he's a bit older. He's already 23, but he's proven he can score. He's not a terrible defender. Maybe they've, they've seen something in their development of guys they have on the bench like that, but they want to get more minutes and they just don't see Vanderbilt as great as he is defensively. Right. Maybe they think they can replace him because, you know, Vanderbilt isn't the greatest offensive player in the world. He's an elite rebounder, an elite defender, makes the occasional pass and can hit two foot shots. Right. Not going to be pulling up from 18 feet. Right. And the Jazz's system with Will Hardy is very um, reliant on three point shooting and seven seconds. Right. So, I mean, Jared Vanderbilt doesn't really fit that other than he's the only great perimeter defender on the team mm -hmm. um, that can stop the opposing player. But I mean, that's why he's that, not starting anymore. There's a reason why he's not yeah, starting. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to win. They don't want to. Very simple. You know, <laughs> uh, that's part of the part of the reason why. So, I mean, if you're not going to start him, you're not going to develop him. Right. I mean, that's a perfect fit. Talk about it. It's that app, Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt and cool. Malik Beasley back on the now the Lakers. I want to. I, wanna, I, I do want to ask the same question Grant asked me in terms of realistically, what deals do you believe are are like on the horizon? But also, do you also believe the Lakers have a chance of getting like someone like like Zach Levine? No, no. absolutely not. Absolutely no. not. Zach Levine. By the way, the Bulls are inept. So they're not going to trade anybody, even though it's <laughs> it's it's known that they need to. They need to, and no offense, no offense to our tourists well and, and people well. there. They're playing well, and the owner is like that. Uh, well, con congratulations, well. yeah. congratulations! You want a medal being five hundred? I mean, we don't play for medals. <laughs> if you ain't going to the, if you ain't winning a playoff yeah. series, tank. Vucevic going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Trade right. him with any value he has left. He's been balling out recently, playing very good basketball after a slow start to the year. DeRozan's going to be a free agent in a year and a half, right after next season. But also, we don't I mean, even know how, how much more he has left in the tank. I mean, he's older. Yeah, trade them while their value is high. Otherwise, you're, by the way, you didn't develop Kobe White. You could have been a good player if you had right. given him the keys, but you didn't. And now his career is probably ruined. No offense. I mean, right. he, they just, he could have become this great scorer and had a great start to his career. Didn't develop him. Patrick Williams has been fine, but he's never going to be, you know, he's a 3 and D guy. He's never going to be an elite guy. Trade Lonzo, is Lonzo lost his knees. Yeah, yeah, Alonzo lost his knees, and he's amazing and is a, just an absolute winner when he's on the court. But, you know, that's the issue. He's never on the court. You think Anthony Davis is in street clothes. That man, I mean, I'd be surprised if he can play over 60 games in a season ever again. I really hope he does because selfishly, I want to see Alonzo Ball play basketball Agreed. because of the because of the player he turned into. Elite three-point shooter became, changed his jumper, elite perimeter defender, and mm -hmm. an elite passer and rebounder. Just an absolute winner. And I know, Grant, you have something to say. but like. It, and they traded Laurie Markinen. They traded Wendell Carter Jr. Both could have been great, by the way. 
Um, and the seventh overall pick for Vooch, which turned into be Bronze Wagner. Oh, so this is really uh, 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 back just killer. In, just killer decisions for a year and a half of Vooch because the fans were starved for a playoff series. Congratulations. You won one game in Milwaukee. <laughs> one game. You won a medal. You want I'm glad, I'm, I mean, I'm glad like, Armand's not on. I know. I know he agrees with me. I know he, he does, but he's miserable. So to answer your question, Tim, and I know Grant has something to say, the Bulls will do nothing. The only team I think smart enough to understand where they at, where they're at, and to actually contend, you know, still compete, but also rebuild, is the Raptors. And I think Masai is just playing chess right now, and he understands the team's yes, not does. where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at this point, I would be asking the Nets, yo, can we get Nick Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons for Pascal Siakam? I mean, Nick Claxton in a Nick Nurse system could become the best defender in the There's NBA. There's no way they move Nick Claxton. This is zero percent for Pascal, but Pascal wait, 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 wait. But then you have Dinwiddie, Pascal, or or let's say you move Dinwiddie and you get Van Fleet and Siakam. You move Dinwiddie to the Raptors with Nick Claxton and maybe let's say Cam Thomas they ask for, which is probably out of the, I know, I know probably. Okay. Not even Cam Thomas, Ben Simmons, you get that <laughs> worthless contract, but he can still play defense. He provides value. You put him in Nick nurse's system. He's reliable on the defensive end of the floor still. Right. And probably provides more offense. Okay. Then you, the nets, you wouldn't do that, Tim. You'd have Pascal Siakam, Kevin Durant and Fred Van Fleet. You're telling me that team doesn't well, come want, out of they don't I want mean, Simmons anyway. Simmons has no trade value, so you could just take that guy out completely. But like, legitimately, it's been okay. Like, so, do you would you move Cam Thomas in that trade if you want to win a championship? If you're the Nets, you see what happened with Kyrie Irving. You get a guy as versatile on both ends of the floor, and Pascal Siakam, and a champion as well, and Fred Van Fleet, who's also a great shooter. In and yeah, you, you probably move that. I just I'm just very high on Claxton. I mean, Nick Clax. Yes, but you drafted him 50th overall, right? But but then I mean, he turned got- out to be this. Like he's yes, incredible, but dude. But you have a window. I know he's incredible. Ooh, I know you have a window. He, but then you make Kevin Durant happy. He doesn't leave the Phoenix or wherever he's going to go in the offseason. <laughs> if he does, right. I, I mean. I'm thinking this Masai's playing chess right now. I'm thinking that there could be a move in store with the Raptors and the Nets in the, in the next week. Because I'm telling you right now, Masai knows where the Raptors are at. Siakam, as good as he is, can never be the number one on a championship team. He's a good number two or three. You're set. He's your number two or three. You're chilling. Like that is a great guy to have as your number two or three. But they want to build around Scotty. So, I mean, I, I, agree. I think, I agree. I agree. right, if you get Nick Claxton and Scotty Barnes on the same team and maybe even fry away Cam Thomas. This is what I want to say. Go like, ahead. there's a lot of suitors for OG and yeah. Pascal, but there's two teams that is a report I'm just reading right now. There's two teams that nobody's talking about in all these straights, Lakers and Clippers. All, nobody's talking about these two teams. The Pelicans and the Grizzlies are now in on OG and Anobi. Like what? Do, like, do you, what do you guys think of New Orleans and Memphis? Because people I think, think, oh, I think Brandon people can talk think, about oh, they're set. But like, if they add an OG and an Obi, or maybe go all in for a Pascal Siakam, that right. makes them extreme contenders. The Pelicans? Are you talking about Grizzlies? The I, I think that. Yeah. Oh. I'll, I'll just. Uh, you want to talk Grizzlies? I'll talk Pelicans because the Grizzlies—they've been running their mouth too much. That might bite them <laughs> in the butt. They come to the playoffs. I mean. They're a great basketball team with the second best defense in the league. Jaron Jackson Jr. They had OG and Anobi. You're gonna be tough to score on them. That, that's what I'll say first. Pelicans are an interesting team because with Zion, 
they're arguably the best team in the West, maybe mm-hmm. top three, right? I mean, they were first in the Western Conference standings with Zion, yeah. without Brandon Ingram, without Brandon Ingram. You got Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, all these guys, positional right. guys, multi-positional. Um, and now you have Ingram back. They won a couple of big games, got themselves out of that 10-game losing streak. I mean, look, if they get Zion back, I know it's a big if. He's being reevaluated today. I mean, by by the time this you're hearing this on ESPN radio, we probably know his timeline. I doubt he plays within the next week or two, but he'll probably be back in two weeks if everything goes well, a bit, but within two weeks. I mean, I would give up first-round picks for OG. I mean, they were already a contender with Zion, Ingram, and McCollum, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do if you're the Grizzlies? Do you give Zaire and picks away? Because I think Zaire can be great, but it's OG Ananobi. And you're in a right. championship window now with Morant, Bain, um, and Jaron. Right, Tim? So I want to hear, hear your thoughts there. Yeah, so Sarah for The Ringer wrote about this, actually, really recently. That's why I thought it was great timing from Grant to talk about the Grizzlies being included in this kind of lottery. But she mentioned how the best move for them is to stay pat. Because they've been an organization that's been all about development. And although Zaire hasn't been the guy that they want him to be, because he was supposed to be the guy who replaced... They, they, they had a couple guys that left in the offseason too, but they don't really need anybody. I mean, like, I feel like they just need to rely on their guys and then have like have more confidence in guys like Santi Aldama, who's been incredibly good for them. They already have a world stopper in Jaron Jackson Jr., who's the best defensive player in the NBA. And then they got like legitimate, unstoppable players. Like Bain is unstoppable, in my opinion. And then Morant, if he gets any momentum, is like arguably the scariest player in the NBA. So to me, they don't really need to make a move. If you want to talk about the Pelicans, they do have 65 OG Ananobis, but not one OG Ananobi. So like, if they do get that, that would just be like everybody that they want in one compact player. Because they obviously have three and D guys. They got like four of them, right? Like Dyson Daniels, they traded for, not traded for, that they drafted a guy who was supposed to be like that. But like, why not skip a step? This is the guy that they want them to develop into. They have a, a ton of revenue to give up. But you mentioned it too, Brandon. It's a good point too, that if, Zion was healthy, we wouldn't even be talking about this because the Pelicans would already be in that contender status and they won't even have to make a move. Their window is now, and they've already proven that with their front office being as shrewd as they are with that McCollum deal and the fact that they keep Jonas on this like 20-minute limit to be maximum effectiveness and this Nance situation that he has juggling these two together and using Jackson Hayes in a good rotation, these, these are the two, arguably two best front offices that's not in Toronto. Like these and are incredibly smart guys. And may we argue, maybe the two highest upsides Agreed. of contending teams in the West. One hundred percent. Right. That's why I like that Grant pointed out that like these are two really, really, really good players. Right, Pascal. I'm never going to undersell him. I think he's incredible. Once people figured out that they could stop his spin move, he developed another move, and now he still is unstoppable driving to the paint. And OG, I mean, he is, and he has just those two moves. He still he really does, right? Exactly. <laughs> and OG was supposed to be just a three and D guy, but now he's become a guy who can legitimately score you 20 points a game, and you you have full confidence that he can do that. So, like, yes, I do agree. These are guys that could continue to can like provide you that championship window. I just think those two teams in particular are already as good, almost as good as the camp. And by the way, I wanted to add one thing. I know we got a couple minutes here. Maybe teams are reluctant to add Van Fleet because he signed with Clutch. 
a couple of weeks ago. Maybe, and maybe, 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 and perhaps I'm not in the conspiracy business, but perhaps LeBron has seen that as a backup for the Lakers to sign in the offseason. Right. If they or can't maybe sign now. a Kyrie or, or, or maybe now, or maybe he gets traded to the Lakers because that's where he wants to go. And we send them Max Christie and we work on a, and it's a win-win because I think Max Christie and a Toronto's Raptors development score would be fantastic, right? So that's a possibility. Everyone's saying that the Lakers can't get these guys is wrong. The thing is, no one wants to make the Lakers better. That's the point. And Grant points it out. Josiah didn't want to make the Lakers better. Perhaps that's the best deal long-term for the Nets was the Christie Reeves, two first-round picks, and you you just dump Westbrook, right, and let him be bought out and signed somewhere else. That probably was the best deal. I know as good as Dinwiddie is um, for the now, that's probably the best deal long-term. And they didn't even have a shot to it. Sean Marks, even if he went to Joe Sy and says, I like the Lakers deal. No, you're not accepting that. No one wants to help the Lakers. It's crazy how Bogdanovich is where it was. was Which Bogdanovich? Oh, either Bogdanovich. <laughs> both yeah, of them. Both, both of them are worth two first round picks when it comes to the Lakers. But everyone else, they're worth the second round pick. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, it's cr- maybe that's because people think they're shrewd and can, can get robbed to give them more than they, than he wants to. But, I'm just saying right now, I think that's the Lakers' biggest problem is the anti-Lakers. Um, oppo- I mean, we know, look, GMs are not morons. They know how good LeBron and Davis are, and if they give them a game-changing player, that could be awful for the rest of the league, right? I mean, if you give them a guy like Van Fleet, they immediately become contenders. 100%. I think if right? they get Van Fleet, they're, in my opinion, they're like top three. Right. So, I mean, they're li- that's why. Right. Am I wrong, Grant? You want anything to add there? We have no, two minutes I, here. I, I just wanted to say, like, there's a few names that we're not met- like even Jeremy Grant's been been. No, he's not going to move. He's not going to move. I know he's not going to move, but he right. should he, move. They ain't going go, anywhere. Right. He had he's already declined a, a contract extension from the With Blazers. Portland, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the Lakers going in the offseason, I'm like, OK, how can we get this guy? Because he's a clutch guy, too. He's yeah. a clutch guy. Gary Trent Jr. is a clutch guy, and Fred Von Cleese. Gary Trent Jr. is actually signed a clutch. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Let's get them all. Let's get them no, all. Oh my. Okay. Come on. Relax. <laughs> they don't have to have no, any no, assets. But, but you know, he he's got a point. Like it's actually a thing. Like people make it a joke, but being clutch in connected to the Lakers is a thing. It, it is. It really is. It's Their a, whole team is like, with clutch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is is Christie signed a clutch? He's not. Signed. I don't think he's signed. <laughs> not club. yet. He will be signed to club. Maybe when, when he, he gets, gets his first contract. contract. Yeah, exactly. By the way, y'all see Rich Paul at the Grammys with Adele? Yeah, he was absolute winner. Just got a hats off to Rich Paul Definitely. and Jay Z. By the way, on that God did verse, <laughs> my man, Jesus, Jesus is the is the term for his real. wife got snubbed though. His wife got snubbed. <laughs> yeah, stuck in dry. Did. I know she wasn't there. That was wild. No, no, she hey. got snubbed. She should have got oh, album snubbed. Of the year. I said she got stuck. No, she also didn't get stuck in traffic. She should have <laughs> got hey, album that of the LA year. Hey, Mister <laughs> Mister Morale and the Big Steppers, my friend. But oh, you know, yeah. no rap album will ever win again. Beyonce after deserves the album of the year. Okay, she's the goat. I agree. How can the goat not win the number one prize? That doesn't make any sense. You can't call uh, the this goat. This is a whole separate win. argument. It is. This it is, is a okay, whole we're, separate we're, argument. But it is in that way, at least. We'll leave it there. Have a nice day. This is the Arash Barkazi Show. Grant Mona, Brandon Deutsch, Timothy Lee, wishing you a great rest of the Super Bowl week. Arash and Jihei will be back tomorrow on the Radio Row. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.